and gentlemen, hear them pour. It's the Beer Geeks Radio Hour on WYLK. Here we are, and happy Memorial Day weekend to everyone. Uh, this is the perfect time to sit down and have a couple beers with us. And we have a full house in here this week, too, which is the first for quite some time. I don't even remember the last time we saw so many ugly, sexy men in one room. <laughs> I think the no first time I started coming more regularly. I think that was the first time, yeah. Joe always brings the sexy, so. That is always. True. So we have uh, Matt from Massive Beer Reviews. George. From George. Yep. <laughs> and Billy from Backyard Ale House. What's up? A familiar, unfamiliar voice. <laughs> and, and Joe. Joe, what do you say? Where, where are you from? Uh, NEPA Beer Reviews. All right, there you go. Probably. Joe, Joe and NEPA Beer three, Reviews. Three guys in a beard as well, so. There's Joe. So uh, we have a, a nice little discussion going on today. We are going to be joined later on with uh, Rushing Duck Brewing Company. You've heard us go on about them for quite some time now as a, kind of almost a local for us. They're a little bit of over an hour drive, so I mean, very much a local brewery for us in a lot of ways. But we're going to be talking to Nikki and Dan Hitchcock, the owners of the brewery, husband and wife team. So it'll be a really nice conversation. And George and I were actually just up there yesterday picking up everything for the brewery from the brewery for the show today. So it's a good time always going up there. It's a nice little day trip. Uh, before you get anything else, get a little bit of beer news. Now, this will be something that will be uh, interesting for the people that are local and kind of confusing for those who aren't. Uh, <laughs> Pennsylvania, if you live here, you are very familiar with the odd laws that we have when it comes to alcohol. Uh, recently, Governor Tom Wolf passed a law. There's been a free the six-pack movement. If you're unfamiliar with what's going on, basically in Pennsylvania, it is not legal to sell, and if you have this in your state, you're going to be very confused by this, it's not legal to sell beer in a gas station. You cannot go into a facility that sells gas and also alcohol. They're not allowed to be wrung out on the same register. And uh, there's a movement now that what, what happened was there's 12 licenses in the state that have been approved to be able to sell that, but it still has to be rung out on separate registers. So it's very much, it's a weird thing that uh, not being from Pennsylvania, I'm sure wherever you are, your state has its own weird thing too, but. You know, it's, I mean. <laughs> Matt has the disapproving nod. <laughs> listen, listen, what was it, a couple weeks ago we were talking about some country in Europe that basically had like. Um, uh, oh, the pat, pipeline? Pat pipelines yep. yeah. directly <laughs> from the brewery going to people's wherever. Um, and we can't get beer at a gas station. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we, we, there, uh, there are also still people in Canada that are like. God, that's not even something we would ever even imagine trying yeah, to do. Yeah. So it's like, you know, you think you have it good, you think you have it bad. Yeah. In a way, yeah. You know, there's always uh, a one end of the spectrum that's a little bit askew. Yeah. And every every law, every state has, uh, like we've gone over that before, as laws have changed over the past few years, talking about them on here. Every state has their own bizarre laws when it comes to alcohol in some way, whether it be a limit on ABV. And then many of them are still in check like they haven't changed at all but there's a lot of weird laws over the year that uh, kind of have just stayed on the books and have become what are known as blue laws in a lot of states and and they're a little harder to change in a lot of ways so that's why you're starting to see them still now and there's still some that are still in the books that it's just so frustrating because geographically like you could literally be standing on the border of Pennsylvania and New York and yeah. here you can get gas at a gas station you cross over to New York and then you know George's girlfriend's pulling Omnipolos out of freaking the S station <laughs> <laughs> so. 
<laughs> yeah, it's just such a weird thing when you when you especially geographically where we are, like we're surrounded by states that you can do that. So yeah. it's just a weird thing. Like you're used to there, and you kind of pass through, and it's like oh, I'm gonna grab. A- oh, I'm not. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> so I don't know. It's a, it's a whole thing. I just thought it'd be interesting for those who aren't even from here to hear about this. Uh, one of the other things. This is hyper local beer news. Uh, I mentioned it on some social media, but this is gonna be my last day here, and uh, Matt's gonna be taking over. Um, yep. Thank yeah. round, of, round of applause. Uh, that I am leaving. <laughs> but no, I, I figure this is a good time to get out before summer with everything. Got a lot of other stuff going on. But the show will continue on, and uh, Matt over there will be taking over. I'm sure it'll turn into a red hot dumpster fire, but <laughs> it, it'll be interesting. It'll be an interesting. Listen to the decline, fire. ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Tune in for the decline. Yeah, of the no, show. I mean we'll keep. I'm sure you'll be back. Yeah, for, I'll, I'll, I'll pop my ugly head in once in a while just to, to see what's going but, on with everybody. But. Yeah, the day to day activities. I'll I'll try to get them going. So. Let's say first the 2016 presidential election, then beer geek review. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, actually, what this is is uh, I guess I'll also announce this. Uh, Donald Trump has asked me to be his vice president and. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right, so let's get into a little bit of some new beers that are hitting the lines now. Uh, now, Deschutes, uh, Matt and I have talked on here at nauseum about how great a lot of their barrel-aged things are. They have a new one that came out, and I actually tried some last night, and oh, Pinot Suave, it is called. It is a Belgian quad barrel-aged with Pinot Noir grape must. Yeah, it's... Thanks for the invite. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, no, I mean, that sounds fantastic. The name is a little bit creepy. Yeah. Um, A little bit, yeah. yeah, It's uh, Pinot Suave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) That's kind of what I was thinking. Yeah. But I mean, uh, I believe their Jubel is also in Pinot Barrels. uh, And they do a couple other beers. I mean, a lot of other, like, spirit barrel stuff. But they say Pinot Suave. Yeah, Pinot Suave. (laughs) But um, I mean, I. That's the song we need to hear today, some Rico Suave. (laughs) They're. They're not the stoic is a Belgian quad, and yeah. I love it oh, yeah. a bit, yeah. so I could just see how good it would yeah, be in a, in a Pinot Barrel. Their barrel-aged stuff, like the shoots, and that, that's the one thing, you know, some people, like we've talked about it here before, as breweries get bigger, people like to just poo-poo on them because they're big. And it's like, you know what, though, especially when you're able to get into that realm and getting into all these barrel-aging and putting out these beers, and you have now, but them being bigger, you have the, the capital to invest in that. And when you're putting out beers like that, I don't care. Like, to me... It, a brewery only goes bad when their beer goes bad. Like, doesn't matter the size. Like, if, if they're still putting out good beer, that's all that matters. And that that's how it should be a business model. And that's what's great with the shoots is they're able to put out so many great barrel aged beers. And uh, all right, let me get another one before I go off on the tangent. <laughs> all right, uh, Firestone Walker and Russian River actually have a collaboration beer. Which the only thing, the bad thing about it, it's draft only, but you can get it in all the Firestone Walkers area, Firestone Walker distributed areas, uh, called Stevo. Uh, now, I love, love, love Fire Snow Walker's Pivo Pills. And if you've not had that beer, try it. It is a collaboration uh, in that realm. It is a Pilsner style. It's like more of a... Because uh, uh, Firestone has... Uh, uh, Russian River has a beer called STS, which is their kind of Pilsner. And, Russian, and Fire Snow Walker has their Pivo Pills. So it's a collab on those two, which is a very hot forward Pilsner. So I definitely want to try to find that one. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, you're talking about two, you know on the Mount Rushmore kind yeah. of breweries that definitely know what they're doing, when especially collabing with a smaller beer like that is kind of interesting. Yeah. You see a lot of breweries, when they do collabs, tend to go a bit bigger and try to throw so much against a beer. But mm-hmm. to do that, it, it'd be interesting to see what happens. No, I 
definitely want to seek that one out. All right, and one more. Uh, Allagash made an announcement. They had their Little Brett. It's a 12-ounce bottle uh, Brett beer, 4.8%, which is going to be a perfect beer for summer. I'll tell you that much. But I saw them coming out, like just coming out for summer now, a little bit of a Brett beer in a 12-ounce bottle. It's something you don't see a lot of in a four-pack. So that's what that that's hitting and coming in at 4.82, which is just perfect. No, I mean it's uh, last night I was um, out and about in, in Stroudsburg sitting outside. Thanks for the invite. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sad. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, and I had an Orval, and that's probably one of the only like 12 ounce bread beers I can yeah. kind of think off the top of my head. Yeah, you know, and, yeah, and that, so. that really only comes to mind for me. Yeah, and then they're, they're always sold singly. You never see them in a four pack. So I mean, it's, it's that's what's interesting to see them hitting that. So I'm sure it'll be really good, and you know, Allagash knows what they're doing. All right, let's get into a little bit of beer. We have our first beer from Rushing Duck in our glass, and this is one of the ones that kind of led everything off at the brewery with. It's their Naysayer Pale Ale. It's a 5.2% ABV. Uh, what they call it is kind of a West Coast-style pale ale, so it's definitely one of those ones that's on that fine line between an IPA and a pale ale, uh, but they have it clocked in at 35 IBUs, but just there's a lot of, like, orange kind of flavor coming through from it, very citrusy in a lot of ways, but it still has that crisp backbone. It doesn't come across too much like an IPA. It still has a little bit of that. You can tell it's a pale ale in the body. I'm getting like a uh, a lot of like um, old school English style herbal hops out of it. Like it almost yeah, like the hop profile tea. for me there is that orange in there, but it, yeah. it also has like a spicy kind of hoppy. Yeah, like uh, old school like Kent Golding something. I don't know. Yeah, I'm like what uh, English style hops where it's like ESB ish almost in 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 a small scale. What's nice though is you know if you're sitting here before starting out when you get a pale ale at a brewery. We'll tell you everything you kind of need to know going forward, and this is just really nice balance with it. Very easy drinking one for sure, and you, you can see that they were going for a West Coast style. It is that that hop quality, but you said like it, it's not aggressive hops. Like that's the key, and that's the thing. It's a lower ABV, and but it's very impactful. It's easy drinking, but it does have an impact. It's not just you know kind of there. Hmm. Mm. <laughs> All right, so what we're going to do now, we're going to take a break, and uh, when we come back, we are going to be joining the phone by Dan and Nikki Hitchcock. We're going to be talking about everything great going on at that brewery and dive deep into all these things. So stay tuned in the Beer Geeks, WLK. Does your garage need an upgrade? You could win a brand new 2016 Chevrolet Camaro from Tom Hesser Chevrolet. Beginning Monday, May 30th, just visit WILKnewsradio.com and click on the Camaro in your garage banner and register to win. Even better yet, the grand prize is a brand new 2016 Camaro from Tom Hesser Chevrolet and a check for over $15,000. Don't forget, the Camaro in your garage contest starts Monday, May 30th. See official rules at WILKnewsradio.com slash rules built for business waiting no one enjoys it with comcast business you can do less of it because comcast business internet is up to five times faster than dsl from the phone company which means less waiting for things like security backups and file downloads plus it's a better value when you select the fastest plan so do what nearly a thousand businesses do every day and choose comcast business unless you'd prefer to wait Switch to Comcast Business Internet. Then add one voice line and TV for just $34.90 a month for two years. And ask about their low price guarantee. Call 800-501-6000 or visit ComcastBusiness.com. That's 800-501-6000. Comcast Business. Built for business. 
Offer ends 531.16. Restrictions apply. Equipment taxes and fees, including broadcast TV fee extra. Compares Comcast 100 megabits per second and 20 megabits per second DSL downloads. Hey, folks, Memorial Day is coming up. It's our chance to honor those who have served our country. And my good friends at Mahindra Tractors are stepping up for the third year in a row with the Mahindra Military Salute Giveaway. This year is special because Mahindra is giving away their all-new utility vehicle, the Impact XTV750S Camo Edition. The Mahindra Impact will go to someone special who is active duty or a veteran of the U.S. military. To nominate somebody, go to RushLimbaugh.com. Look for the Mahindra Military Salute Giveaway. My thanks to Mahindra, makers of the world's number one selling tractor, and God bless all of you who protect our freedom. No purchase necessary. Void in Alaska, Hawaii, and where prohibited. Open to contiguous U.S. residents 18 and over who are active duty or a veteran of the U.S. military. Sweepstakes ends at 11.59 p.m. Pacific Time, May 29, 2016. Take advantage of rock-bottom prices and test drive a Mahindra today at TPC Power Center in Bloomsburg. Or visit TractorPartsCorp.com. That's TractorPartsCorp.com. If stopping on a dime is your life's goal, then you're pretty sure that proper caliper tension will get you there. Then CarQuest Auto Parts is for you. If a date with your baby means putting on clean coveralls and heading out to the garage, then CarQuest is for you. CarQuest is for those who really know and care about their car. And now save up to $40 after mail-in rebate when you purchase CarQuest Platinum Brake Pads and two rotors. CarQuest is serious auto parts. See participating stores for details. Got this sunny afternoon. All right, getting some more beer into our glasses, getting ready for this interview. So let's jump right into it. So right now we're going to be joined on the phone by Nikki and Dan from Rushing Duck Brewing Company. I don't know why I got tongue-tied on that one. All right, so let's get into this one. Let's see if I can get this into work, too, because i got to take two phone calls at once. I don't know. Dan, how you doing today, bud? Dan, you there, bud? I am. How are you doing? Oh, we're doing great. All right, I'm going to see if I can get Nikki to come on, too. We'll get both of you guys going. This this will be interesting. I'm not really good with the phone. Oh, I hung up on Dan. Nikki. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just hung up on Dan, I think. Wait, did I? Is... Uh, I'm, I, I think I'm, I'm back. Oh, oh, look at that. It's a miracle. Okay. Nikki, are you there, too, Nikki? Yeah, can you hear me? Oh, look at this. I don't know what happened. A festivist miracle. But, but, <laughs> but the God of the universe just came down and patched something through because I don't know what the heck I just did. Technology. All right. <laughs> so, oh, okay. Well, it I'm was, the God of the universe. Yeah, it was, it was uh, Donnelly. That's what, that's what happened. All right. So <laughs> let's get into a little bit of this now uh, with you guys. Now, the history of the brewery. When did Rushing Duck first open? Um, so we opened uh, August uh, 2012. Uh, Dan and I started it with his parents. And um, we've been brewing ever since. So what was the background for you guys prior to, to getting into doing your own brewery? Uh, so in college, I was uh, 19, and it was actually easier for me to make beer than it was to buy beer, being uh, <laughs> underage. So uh, I got myself a homebrew kit, and I kind of never looked back. Um, I started brewing you know, by myself uh, all through college, and then right as soon as I graduated, I got a job at a brewery in uh, Pennsylvania called... Uh, Wirebacher. <laughs> so I uh, spent about four years there writing my business plan for Russian Duck, and then uh, once, once we get the timing was right, we kind of just jumped in, jumped in, and uh, did it ourselves. So what was it that got you into to brewing in the first place? I mean, was there something you had that you saw more? I mean, I'm assuming you weren't just trying to replicate uh, some light beers at home. Well, I, 
I had heard people talk about how much flavor beer can have, but I never experienced that, only drinking, you know, like Keystone Light or whatever college kids drink. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, so I was just trying to make something with a lot of flavor. I've always been interested in, uh, you know, science-y things and, and culinary. So it, just, uh, it was a project. It was a, it was a challenge to see if I could do it. Was there like a bench line you were, you were kind of judging yourself against, like a beer you were trying to almost replicate to know where you were at or just kind of going at it and seeing what you liked and what you didn't? Yeah, it was it was more of that. It was uh, I mean, I, I was making beer styles that I'd never even had an example of. The first amber ale I ever had was the one I, I brewed by myself, and then I started having commercial examples after that. Okay. Well, that's good. I mean, that's an interesting thing to see because usually you'll see them, you know, trying to have a bench line and mark against. But when you're kind of, you can kind of see that too with where you guys have gone. Like you're you're not very held to staying within specific styles. I think that's kind of an influence then from your early on beginnings with everything. I've definitely tried to train myself to, you know, become aware and cognizant of the style guidelines since then. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the, the starting up, that's how it went. So where did the name come from for the brewery? Because that's uh, definitely a different name. Uh, so that's a story my grandfather told me, actually. Uh, growing up in the 1940s, uh, he and his friends had a metal pail, and it was basically a precursor to a growler. So they would go to a bar, get it filled to go. The bartender would charge whatever he thought he poured into the metal pail, and they'd go home and drink it. Their name for the pail was called a duck, and the act of going to get it filled was called rushing the duck. Oh, wow. So it was kind of an homage to him. That's awesome. I've never heard that. But it was like, is that was up in that area, or where, where was that uh, at? He grew up around Hoboken, New Jersey, and I, I think it might have been like a colloquialism from, yeah. from that town. But if you like look on the Internet, there's very, very little... I'm not sure if it's just a fun name him and his friends came up with or not. <laughs> Either way, it works. It's a good story, yeah. too. <laughs> so what led to you guys moving up to Chester, New York? I mean, the, the area is definitely developing now, but I mean, when you guys were there, it was kind of a precursor for what's going on in that area. Yeah, so we moved up here um, because we were looking at Warwick initially. Um, because we used to go camping up this way, family has uh, camped up this way for generations. And it's beautiful. It's one of the most beautiful places I've ever been. And we decided that there wasn't much of a beer culture that maybe we should start it. And uh, right in our brains that we were looking, there isn't much here, but it is growing. The culinary scene, the beer scene, the spirit scene, the scene, um, it's definitely developing an agricultural area. Now, what was it like when you first opened your doors up there? Was it easy to kind of get people to take craft beer, or was it kind of a, an uphill battle with getting the knowledge to them? Uh, 50-50. Um, even now, I'd say half of our customers travel from a half hour or more. Um, so there's, a, there's, you know, we're right near New York City. We're right near Bergen County, New Jersey. So there's a lot of people nearby who are willing to travel for beer. The other half, the local people, is definitely an education. Um, it's... I feel battle's a little bit of a strong word because people were willing to learn, but there has been an education process. So when you guys first opened, what was the size of the brew houses where you were working with? So we started on a seven-barrel brew house, and I believe at that point we had three 15-barrel fermenters and a seven-barrel fermenter. Um, Since then, we've uh, replaced the seven with a 15, so now we have five 15-barrel fermenters and a 30-barrel fermenter. Um, and as of this month, we actually just swapped out our seven-barrel brew house for a 15. So we just uh, just recently went through some big steps. Now, is that, are you planning on getting into doing, I know you guys do some canned stuff, which we'll get into, but are you planning on getting into doing more of that then, since you're upping the size of the brew house to be able to kind of get more out other than just in kegs? 
Yeah, I mean, the cans, we started in October, and they've really taken off here. Uh, we sell out of our brewery uh, most of our cans. So we wanted to supply more different varieties in cans and also more cans and bottles. We have a, a big barrel aging program that we have that we have yet to tap into some of those barrels that have been aging for you know, over a year. So we definitely want to start getting into more packaging, uh, especially out of the tasting room. That was one of the things, too. Now, was barrel aging something you guys kind of dove into right off the bat? Like, you knew, because, I mean, from being from Weyerbacher, like, they have, you know, been involved with doing that for a while. Was that something you knew you wanted to do right from the beginning when you opened the brewery? Yeah, just as a passion project, barrel aged beers have always been some of our favorite. I mean, I'm a complete sucker for a barrel aged English barley wine. That's my favorite all time Preach style. it, brother. <laughs> Preach it, baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it definitely comes through, and you can see a, a lot of that stuff with you guys. And it's great to see, like, with what you're working with, like, you're really diving deep. Now, when you first opened, like, what were some of the initial offerings you had from the brewery? Like, what were your kind of go-to beers you were putting out initially? So our initial beers were Naysayer, our pale ale. Uh, it's a 5.2%, a very easy-drinking West Coast-style pale ale. And then we also did our Beanhead Coffee Porter. Um, again, it's about blatant alcohol, 5.7%. We make it with locally roasted coffee. And then we had our War Elephant Double IPA. Those were the three uh, beers that we started with, and we just wanted to show that there's variety in what beers that we're going to put out, and we're not just going to do one style. Now, War Elephant's kind of the one that's really taken off for you guys. When did you really start to notice that, that how much that was moving? Was it just immediately right out of the tap room, or, or is it as it started getting into some bars and things like that? The funny thing about War Elephant, it was actually only supposed to be a fall seasonal. Uh, we, we, I only had enough hops the first time I did it to brew two batches of it, and uh, the demand kind of just became a monster. So <laughs> I, I scrapped and scrounged and used every brewery connection I had to, to find enough hops for the next two years to make it more of a, we, we call it a rotational, where it's not a year-round, but we have it much more often than we don't. Now, speaking of War Elephant, and actually your whole line in general, let's talk about art design, because, I mean, your your art for um, your beers in general are pretty awesome, but they span across, like, multitudes of different, like, genres of actual style. Like, the blue screen of death on, is one of the best cans in the history of mankind. <laughs> Who does your art design, and, like, where do you get your concepts from? Is it in-house, out-of-house, or a bit, little bit of both? So we actually have a friend who now lives in California, but he used to live in uh, Jersey. His name's Nick. And he, uh, he does graphic design for a living. He just We just give him an idea, and he just goes with it. I mean, War Elephant, we gave him what we thought War Elephant should be, and then he just made it a piece of art that went on a can. Uh, the blue screen of death was Dan's idea. <laughs> that was definitely more of a uh, tongue-in-cheek joke. We needed a label fast, and we needed something that, kind of uh, reflected the idea of divided by zero not making any sense and that's just what came out of it. Well, what's, what's, what do you call it again? I, I forget. It's like a, a pale dark Cascadian. It's an Imperial Session Pale Black Indian Pale L. Yeah, that's about right. <laughs> so it's, it's just a, a mouthful of uh, contradictions. Now, uh, one of the things that we, I wanted to get, kind of get to talk to you about, it, Dan, because we didn't get to talk yesterday when, when George and I were up there, but we, we kind of came up with the, the topic of the hazy IPA thing. It's always a fun thing to kind of get into with what, what brewers think about it because it is very divisive. So I guess kind of uh, is Rushing Duck ever going to be doing one of those? And why or why not? So I, I feel like there's a main distinction you need to make between hazy and murky. Yeah. Hazy is just fine. Hazy is a natural 
thing that happens from dry hopping. Murky is lazy. Uh, murky, <laughs> I mean, it, it, if you think about uh, beer as, as food, as culinary, you wouldn't go into a five-star restaurant and get slop on a plate and expect to give a good review of it. Um, I feel like beer is the same way where it doesn't have to be crystal clear, but there should it should be appealing to look at. Yeah. No, definitely. It's, it's just an interesting thing because we've had brewers on from the West Coast and everything, and just to hear the distinction between the two because it is such a style that is now taking off, and, and it, it is something I feel like there's even really not as much education out there about what it is. That's why, you know, that's how the kind of the term is, just New England Hazy IPA, and it's like that's so open-ended. I'm calling it's certainly that. possible to get an unfiltered, delicious, hoppy beer that doesn't look like it. <laughs> It's mud that came from the bottom of your tank. I've actually even heard of brewers taking starch, taking um, pectin haze, adding things to artificial make it hazy just to kind of get in the hype. But this is one of the uh, the issues that kind of just makes my blood boil. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, let's speak... not tell them that. <laughs> let's uh, t- let's speak to the future of beer in general with Rushing Duck. Uh, you guys have kind of dabbled, as far as I know, maybe there's a little bit more to it, but dabbled with stuff that's a little bit more tart, a little bit more sour when it comes to the Cuvée de Orange County and things like that. Are you guys starting to develop a bit more wild kind of sour profile going forward? or We are, but we're trying to do it on a, on a pretty conservative scale. Uh, right now we have all of our barrels aging in the same area. <clears throat> I'm sorry. Um, we have all of our barrels aging in the same area in our brewery. So it's kind of a risk when you start mixing in a lot of wild cultures next to our barley wines and imperial stouts. Um, we love sour beers. I would love to be cranking out sour beers, but we're trying to keep it very small at this point so we can control it and make sure it doesn't infect our entire brewery. Fair enough. So you like for stuff like that, I see you use a lot of like the apples and stuff like that. So you're just like doing like kettle sour stuff at this point and not going. No, so um uh Cuvée de Orange County was actually a wild fermented beer that spent about a year and a half okay. in the uh oak barrels with all kinds of flora. Nice. Um we, we have done other kettle sours which I consider a neutral beer because once it goes through the boil process, you know, it, it can hit a fermenter and be treated like any other beer. Well, we get right now in our glass. We have a little bit of divided by zero. So let's get into that because it's an interesting story too behind the whole concept. With it, if you want to, can you get to speak to that a little bit? Like the the first initial batch of it, like where that uh, idea kind of came from for you. The idea actually came up because we had a bunch of uh, half open bags of hops that were in our walk-in. <laughs> I didn't want them to go bad, so we basically just did a one-off batch where I packed in an insane amount of hops into one beer. Um, and kind of the same thing with Werelfen happened with Divided by Zero, where the demand just took off. So I spent the next year and a half trying to uh, make as much as possible and uh, get my hop, hop contracts in order so that I can make it more regularly. And, um, yeah, I, I couldn't recreate the first batch because it was, you know, just a, a complete uh, kitchen sink beer, whatever I had available. So that's how we decided on making a rotational hop beer where it changes every time. Now, has that been something, like, even with, you know, War Elephant and everything, has that been an issue? And we've spoken to a lot of smaller breweries with that, with, with the hops, getting them. Has that changed at all? I mean, I know Divided by Zero has, and we'll talk more about it, but has, has War Elephant from the beginning, like, when you first brewed it, like, the, the hop profile changed, or were you trying to figure out a way to replicate it without being able to get the same hops? It's changed a little bit. Um, half of it was on purpose, you know, tweaking the beer, making it where we wanted it to mm-hmm. be. And the other half of it was making slight adjustments based on what hops I could 
you know readily get. But now at this point, you know we're we're almost four years in. All of my Hoff contracts are pretty much in order. So the only that beer is pretty static at this point. Where if I want to change it, it's based on achieving a flavor profile. Now let's uh, jump back to like location for a second. You guys being in uh, in Chester and Orange County as uh, in general, are there any unique like? Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like advantages or disadvantages being there? I mean, like it's kind of the middle of nowhere, but I mean, with you guys being there and new breweries popping up, and then you go down to Warwick with the bottle shops and Eddie's and places like that, it seems like a pretty centralized location for people to visit and kind of explore not just beer but everything else. So, is it? It seems like, especially your location being that you, where you are, it's kind of hard to find if you've never been there before. Um, but it also seems like a pretty vibrant area. Yeah, what are those kind of perks and uh, disadvantages of being out there? Well, I mean, this area is definitely coming to life. I mean, it's an agriculture area. We're against the black dirt, which is all very good uh, farming land. But um, what we've noticed in the last couple of years is people who from New York City, from Jersey, are realizing that this is a good escape from the city and from Jersey, like North Jersey, the congestion. So we have beautiful hiking, we have apple picking. Our busiest season up here is fall because it's the, um, the leaves are turning, there's orchards, there's wine, there's cider, and now there's beer. But um, one of the disadvantages, obviously, is that we people have to drive here. So <laughs> we don't have the mass transit and all that. So people are going to limit themselves of how much they're going to hang out and stuff like that. But, I mean, it's definitely turning around. A lot more people from the city are moving up this way because it's a little bit cheaper to live. You can still commute to the city. Uh, so there's a, both ways. I mean, it's great to live here, but we still are relying on um, tourism. Heavy tourism. And then, and then with you guys being in essentially almost like farmland, I mean, how much of your ingredients are locally sourced? Like, you're, you're in an area where you could pretty much cherry pick ingredients at will. How often do you do that? Actually, unfortunately, not as much as I'd like to. Um, we've done a number of beers with apples just because apples grow pretty much everywhere in Orange County, New York. Um, but other than that, we haven't been able to take advantage of local ingredients. The problem is that there's still not a lot of places that process. So there's a lot of malt growers, but very few people who actually malt the barley. There's a lot of hop growers, but very few people who dry and pelletize. So until that kind of gets up to, until that the, those processes uh, improve, the, the quality of ingredients just isn't what I could get commercially. Fair enough. All right, so let's get a little bit of, of upcoming things for you guys. Now, you, you, we spoke a little bit before about the canning. Do you have any other upcoming beers you're going to be canning soon? Yeah, we're actually going to can our Zinger beer. is our, um, our Berliner Weiss with ginger. We're going to uh, can that mid-June, June, uh, along with another batch of Divided By. And then we're going to start rotating out um, Divided By for War Elephant. So right now it's Zinger beer. Uh, we're all set and divided by. We'll we'll take over the summer. Perfect. And like, and then coming in fall, which I'm really excited for. We're we're aiming. Oh, you you broke up, Dan, and here you said it. Going, well, I want to get this one. What's coming in in the fall? Uh, Imperial Beanhead Coffee Porter. So we made one oh. a one-off batch of a a double Beanhead, and uh, we it was draft only last year, but we're we're yeah. going to try and get into Kansas this fall. Yeah, I had that last year. It was. Uh 
Yeah. Yeah, I had a feeling it was one I'm going to want to, I want to not miss what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's probably, it's great, you guys, with everything with Divided by Zero. Now, this next batch is that you're changing the hops again. Now, is that the whole, like, plan with Divided by Zero every time you're doing different hops? Yeah, I mean, it's possible we might go back to a, a recipe that we've liked in the past, but every single time it's going to rotate. Oh, that's perfect. It's a great way for you to play and see what's going on with all the new hops, too, and especially doing these batches. You can get those smaller amounts and, and see what's going on. That's exactly the point behind it. Oh, it's perfect. And I got to tell you guys, like, we've been raving about you guys down here on the show for a while. We, we kind of consider you a local for us being only an hour away. And I uh, love what you guys are doing, and it's great to see how much you're growing, and we really help you continue to grow and do great things. And, and before you oh. cut off, coolest cat in the history of, oh, of yeah. where you come from. Just, just got to mention it. <laughs> got to mention it. Sorry. <laughs> Next half hour, we're going to talk about the cat. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I think, I, I thank you guys so much for taking time to join us, and uh, we're going to get into some more of your beers and everything, and, and we will be back up there again very soon, I'm sure. I can guarantee that one. Thank you so much. I appreciate yeah, thanks it. Thanks a lot. Hey, thanks, not a problem. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Have a Cheers. good Memorial Day. Cheers. You too. Bye. So, good time, great brewery, great people. Great uh, cat. Yeah, great cat. Everything up there. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely, we'll, we'll get into it after our next break. We'll get into, like, getting you up there because you need to get up there and visit them, and uh, especially being around here. It's an hour drive. You can even go tomorrow. Memorial Day, they're open. So. Yeah, I'm already, I'm already uh, thinking about that. Yeah, we'll, we'll plug them when we get back. Of right course now, you are. We're gonna, <laughs> if we're going to take a break here on WLK at the Beer Geeks, we'll be right back. Garrity Supermarkets and Mom are truly tech-savvy with the latest and greatest breakthrough in smart shopping. It's called Fetch Rewards. Use your smartphone to fetch special savings, accumulate reward points, track the items in your cart, and speed your checkout. It works like this. Download the app from Garrity's.com website, scan the items as you shop, and you'll find extra savings along the way. You'll get bonus rewards points just for shopping. Customers with special dietary needs or allergies are alerted to important information about the items they're shopping for. Hey, that's smart. And when it comes to checkout, Garrity's Fetch Rewards is quick and convenient. You zip through faster than ever. And if you don't have a smartphone, customer service has a smart tablet you can use while shopping. See? Mom thinks of everything. Now available at our Luzerne, Wyoming, West Pittston, and Hanover stores. So remember, go to Garrity's.com, download the Fetch app, start saving time and money. Another smart new reason why it pays to shop with mom. Did you know that some people who've got a ton of credit card debt actually don't have to pay it all off? And most of them don't even know it. To find out if you're one of these people, for free, call Credit Associates now for free information. The number is 1-800-900-0664. Trust me, you're going to want to make this call before you pay another cent. If you have more than $5,000 in credit card debt and you can't pay it all off, you may be one of the people who don't have to. You may be able to reduce your debt to just a fraction of what you owe and all without declaring bankruptcy. Some people don't have to pay off all their credit card debt. To find out if you're one of them, call Credit Associates now for free information. Credit Associates depends on your success and offers a guarantee, so there's no risk. They'll even show you how much you can save for free. Call 1-800-900-0664. That's 1-800-900-0664. Call now before you pay another cent. 1-800-900-0664. Sorry, we're having a play date. No problem. I'm your local pest control expert from Ehrlich. We offer you a world of pest protection. What does that mean? It means we deal with ants, so you can deal with that vase. Tommy! Ooh, and with Pest Free 365, we protect your home year-round, so you can protect that poor, poor cat. <laughs> 
You have enough to worry about. Leave the ants to us. Visit jcerlich.com to join the world of pest protection today. Ehrlich, your local pest control experts. Hey, NASCAR fans, Justin Allgaier here. Junior Nation and Junior Motorsports are taking over the Pocono Raceway infield on June 3rd through 5th. This limited-time experience will include a campsite for your RV or tent, a Junior Nation goodie bag, an autograph session with my teammates and I, plus a Q&A with Kelly Earnhardt, as well as cash prizes for campsite decorating contests. The package starts at just $75 per person for the three days of NASCAR racing. Visit PoconoRaceway.com slash Junior Nation or call 1-800-RACEWAY to purchase this package. This is WILK, powered by Sherwood Chevrolet in Tunkhannock, PA. Stop by Sherwood to view full lines of Buick, GMC, and Chevrolet. Yes. Good choice. You know what I say, a little Henley makes every day better. <laughs> really? I do now. I don't know. <laughs> I'm licensing that. I'll sue anyone that's... All right. So we have uh, another beer in our glass from Rushing Duck. Now, this is the one that they had mentioned is going to be getting canned very soon. This is their Zinger beer. Uh, it's a 4.6% Berliner Weiss with fresh ginger added, which is just perfect. And then when we were talking yesterday, when they said that they're going to canning that, I'm like, that's for summer? Because if, if it... The reception was a little weird at some time, so if you didn't fully get what she said, it, it's going to be coming in cans on like Father's Day weekend, so in June, that's what they're planning on. Um, but it's a perfect beer for summer. I mean, you get that real light, uh, it's slightly tart Berliner Weiss base with a little bit of ginger punch with it, with a little spice. And at 4.6, like this is summer beer 100%. Yeah, I mean, Berliner Weisses in general are, are like, they've been growing in popularity. I mean, I, I, not to lump them and goes together, but they kind of run hand yeah. in my brain. Yeah, yeah a, a little bit. Times. It's like one kind of Yeah, it plays off the, the other. other. And uh, they're getting to the point where they just... Uh, <laughs> It, it it is definitely the 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 beer du jour kind yeah. of coming into play. Definitely. I mean, it it definitely does remind me of a goza because it, it, the ginger is almost giving it that like uh, almost I want to say almost like a salinity sometimes feel like yeah. It, there's a mineral yeah. character yeah, from yeah. ginger. Yeah, it's it's just it and you still get that like really light like kind of a lemony quality in with it and everything. It, it it's. I'm trying. It's like one of those, like, uh, and in a good way, those herbal drinks. We have like, if there's a little bit of honey backing in this, like, this would just be like a really good. Like, I feel like I'm getting over a Let cold in the say, best it's way possible. Very, it's very refreshing being oh, yeah. in, a, in, a, in a room, 80 degree room with four, <laughs> four other sweaty dudes. I'll tell you. Yeah, the, we don't have much air conditioning in here, so this beer is perfect for us right now. <laughs> but this is just extremely refreshing. It really does. I mean, for a summer beer. I, I could not think of one that would be be able to top this in a lot of ways. And, and for me, the the ginger in it actually builds. And every time I sip it, I get way more lemon mm-hmm. than anything else. Oh yeah, tons and tons of lemon. It's yeah, like, mm-hmm. yeah, super tart. Well, not super tart, but tart in a not super tart way. <laughs> that doesn't make, make sense. I'll just shut up right now. <laughs> You're awarded zero points. <laughs> <laughs> but this is definitely one you could see, like, you know, if you're outside doing some yard work and things. I mean, that that's the issue. You know, summer beer, the seasonal style, if you will, the overall arcing thing, is all over the place. Like, there's not a, a set. Like, it's always this. It's always that. But the, the number one thing that a lot of them will have is that really low ABV, kind of in that session quality, is what you want out of a good summer beer as opposed to a winter beer where you want something that's like, well, I'm not doing anything anyway. <laughs> so you, you kind of have that opposite. So you want something really light, but those flavors coming through, and that's where the trick is with a lot of these lighter beers, is to still have that flavor be this impactful. 
and not to get like um like turn it make a left turn here and and uh, talk about like just utilitarianism. This would be absolutely the perfect reset beer for any anytime you have a bo- bottle share. C- combining totally. the Berliner Weiss with the ginger. Yeah, you know what I mean. A lot of times when you're session out beers, you're doing a bottle share, you kind of get a little overloaded palate wise. Yeah, this would just clean you right out and. This, game, this is also the kind of sour beer that you can drink a lot of. Yeah. Like, I, I wouldn't feel, you know, we're drinking a small pour of it, but if I had a full glass of this, I, halfway through it, I would be like, all right, we're fine. It's Instead of like, oh, right, I'm getting heartburn now. Yeah. Like, I really yeah. need to stop drinking this beer. <laughs> say, like, a lot of times in culinary, like, you know, when you're having courses, like, they'll give you, like, a tablespoon of, like, sherbet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. And this that's is kind of like. Yeah, that's old school French. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. No, it definitely, and it has that, and it's nice to just see that at this kind of low ABV, you you get that it's a lighter beer in the way it's designed to be, but it still has that really impactful flavor, and the ginger is, is there just enough to make its presence known, because ginger is one of those things that if you go too heavy-handed, it's going to be really off-putting real fast with it. Yeah, there's, there's some flavors I have issues with, like as far as detecting. Vanilla is like one of the big ones. Ginger's the opposite. Like I'm super sensitive mm-hmm. to gingers, but this is for me just about perfect. Yeah, and just I mean that's just great to have them here that they're gonna be canning this next. That's what's great with the way that they're doing things. Um, you know, they're they're slowly unveiling cans. Like I think collectively in this room, we've all been to at least the can one of the can releases uh, for everything they've had going on up there because they're they're doing it in this slow way. It's not just always there. You walk in, I mean, that you can walk in and get a growler of whatever's there all the time. But the cans, it's distinct in what they're doing, and like to hear that they're going that because usually when you're getting into can release, when you see some of these breweries that we've had on here before even um it's very specific like these are the ones that people are going to line up for it's just, and it's usually a big double ipa and people go crazy but it's nice to see like no we're, we're canning what we want to can in the way that makes sense and zinger beer is complete opposite of all that in the best way possible as far as you know being a super hot forward big beer like that's really low sessionable not hoppy at all and just perfect berliner vice Good job there. <laughs> I thought I was going to get something added on to that. <laughs> I'm waiting for this. I'm getting everything. I just get a pat on the head. <laughs> what else do you want, man? I'm trying to give you everything here. But, um, All right. No. Let's get into another one. Now, th- this is one of the ones that, um, you know, on top of, I will say that the, the best beer, I think we've, we probably can almost all agree, um, it's not one that we have here with us from Rushing Duck, was they did an anniversary beer. Uh, George is already smiling. Part two, uh, and we had talked about that, and we we were able to get some bottles of that, and it is one of the best beers, hands down, that we've ever had. Um, this that we have in our glass now is one of my favorite beers that Rushing Duck does, and I've, I've I don't know if it was on my list or if, I know we've talked I've talked about this on here before, but uh, this is their baby elephant. Now, when we're doing the interview, I've heard them mention War Elephant, their big double IPA. This is a very low ABV, four point four percent session IPA. But when I say that, you know, a lot of people when you hear session IPA, oh, it just means like a little IPA. It's got a little bit of hop. This is hopped like a double IPA. This is a big hop forward sessionable four point four percent ABV IPA, which is everything you'd want to have that big hop pro but it's still balanced too i need to make sure that comes through it is still balanced but very hop forward and i love finding a good sessionable beer yeah this is the um like if you were to kind of go into like what do they call that the urban dictionary the marion webster <laughs> dictionary any kind of dictionary and you look up the word crushable what about wikipedia uh, uh, no we don't <laughs> come on we don't mess with wikipedia um this is the, the absolute definition yeah. of crushable um you're getting a, a nice 
hop of hot presents. You get a little bit of malt going on in there and kind of balance everything out. And it's something that you could just chug. It's chuggers. It's, it's, chug- chug- it's, chug- it's chugger beer. It's, it's chuggers. Yeah. We've got the chuggers <laughs> going on right now. Well, so. it, it, I, mean, I in- certainly could see my, ourselves at the bog like with it. Oh, you yeah. Know, like a little Prixer glass, and you're just, yeah. like, whacking them back. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is a buy-the-pint beer. This is oh, not yeah, absolutely. This is not by the chalice. This yeah. is not by the snifter. This is, yeah, give me a pint of this and yeah. give me five. <laughs> now. The, the thing that's great, too, with it is, you know, normally when we get into these session IPAs, like, you kind of want to do them early on in a tasting of things because it'll get muddled along the way. You could probably do this in between two bigger beers, and it would still stand up on its own. It still has that kind of impact, despite how small it is in EBV and body. It it, it, it carries itself. It's flavorful, but it's uh, that being said, it's also a beer I might want to have constantly throughout a night at yeah. a bottle share, like something off to the side that I'm drinking besides. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Super whales. Um, almost kind of like in a same with the zinger, almost like a like a little bit of a palate cleanser kind of a way, in, yeah. a, in a sense. Yeah, I mean this one's more of like I need something else to drink besides super yeah. percent ABV monster stouts. <laughs> <laughs> I just need something light, right? You know, but no, this has been one that I love. Whenever we make our way up there to see what they have on draft, because I know I'm going to be going home with the growler of that one, because it's also it's nice too. Because at being 4.4, you could have a 32. Because I mean, that's that's the issue with with growlers with with a lot of us is you know we'll get a beer there and say oh this is great, but then you make the commitment of like you know especially when you get into the 64 ounce range that George loves to do, oh, you get it <laughs> you get into that range. It's a commitment and a half to to do that, especially when you're getting into like you know you're going to go grab a beer that's 12 percent or something at a 64 ounce. Well, you know it's only only going to last so long and you got to get it done. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and when we spoke to the interview, they kind of touched on this as far as the whole hazy thing goes. You know what I mean? Like di- um, cleanliness yeah. in a beer and just drinking clean and tasting clean and being uh, uh, brewed well with really not much as far as flaws go. That's where this is. You actually look at it. It's literally the definition of what he was talking about. Yeah. It has a Slight haze, haze to it. To it. Yep. it ha- and it drinks uber clean and it's impactful in the way it needs to be impactful it's ABV at the same time it's super drinkable it's 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 what you want in a beer it, it's definitely one of the best session IPAs that I, I've had I mean then then there's so many that that was a style that really came online in Vogue last year and the year before it started because of that movement of people loving IPAs and then saying well yeah but I don't want to get hammered every time I have two or three of them I'd like to have something a little less in the ABV realm so some brewers started putting that out but it was like you know, 50-50 with the results on some of them because it's it's a tough trick to pull off that you have that balance still because once you kill that balance, you kill that drinkability, and that's what an IPA should have regardless of what size it is. Whether it's 18 or, or 3, it should be drinkable. Like, it's a really high drinkability, and when you kill that balance, you kill that drinkability. And it's a tough trick to pull off that when you get it, though, and it's something like this, it's everything you could want. Preach it. <laughs> so it's all about preaching today. You know, I want to. I want to push people to go up there too before we even get into our last beer because you guys need, especially our local listeners. Um, I mean, it, it's an an hour drive from our region, uh, and they're open Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And you could definitely get up there. Just search Rushing Duck Brewing Company. You can find them on Facebook and right there. And go on our social media. We have light links to them. It's just an easy drive up. And like we said, you could even go up. You can go up today. You can go up tomorrow even. Yeah. They're open on Memorial Day. Open on Sundays. That's very rare for yeah. breweries, especially very small breweries. And they're not oh, yeah. gigantic. I mean, their tap room is, is, is quite small. You know what I mean? But it's always a good time. Yeah. But they're always, they're always open on Sundays. Like... 
I, when I used to work, I used to work and have uh, Sundays and Mondays off and n- could never go to breweries because yeah. none were ever open. <laughs> well, Russian Ducks fits yeah. that. And, it, and it's great to, to do that. I mean, especially now with maybe Memorial Day, like you're going to you're gonna be off tomorrow. So, I mean, you can go up, grab some today, bring your growlers up, or you can even make a run up tomorrow. They open at 12. You can run up, grab some growlers and come down and be, uh, be the king of the party yeah. or queen, whatever. Nice size flights, reasonably priced. Uh, you have to use your GPS because you're going in the back of a, a, yeah, that's, where, a basement uh, we, of a warehouse. We should actually say that, too. When you, when you get there and you, there, you're going to see on the door RD, unless the door is open, in which case it's kind of like an old speakeasy, just kind of walk in and nod, mm-hmm. <laughs> pretend like you're there. And uh, it, it's just like a really, it, it's it's weird to find because this is kind of in the back. It, it's just like an old warehouse store, but you'll see RD spray painted on the door if you're there. Or they have a sign out now most of the time when we've been up there. So you'll, you'll find it, but it's just, it's a little off the beaten path. So definitely use your GPS, and it's it's not too hard to find. Once you've been there once, you won't forget it. And and like they spoke to on in the interview, it's it's actually a really nice drive. Granted, you know a bulk of it is 80, 84, but once you get off it, it's nice farmland. You know you're kind of touring around, kind of zipping, ripping and tearing through the countryside, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Until you get to those chuggable beers, right, Billy? That's it. Yeah. That's it. You know it. That's all you need. All right, so uh, speaking of chuggable beers, we are now on to our final beer from them. Uh, this is now th- this is one that they've done variations of. Uh, this is their Dog's Bollocks. It is an English barley wine. I don't know what the ABV is on this, if it if it's beefed up. I think the base is like nine and a half. I don't know if this is... Yeah, this is nine and a half. It's okay. actually uh, coffee bollocks. Well, I was... Getting into that, I didn't know oh. what the AB. This is coffee bollocks. This is a variation. This is a variation. This is why we, I'm leaving. I can't do this anymore. Again, we bust out the big beer and George starts talking. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens. George, we save George for the end. He needs to get, needs to get a couple in him, and then he just won't shut up. You should see. Once the show ends, the mic's cut. George will not shut up. <laughs> All right, so this is Coffee Bollocks. This is 9.5% English-style barley wine with coffee added into it, which I've said on here before, that's like when you start playing around with that and you do it well, I'm on board, and I, and I love that. And just to have it, and especially putting it into a barley wine, is just so good with that malt backbone. Yeah, um, like originally, uh, it was like a year or so ago, um, um, uh, a viewer of my reviews actually sent me Rushing Duck Beers. That's how I originally found out about it in mm-hmm. the original... Um, uh, Dog's Bollocks was the one he sent me. You know what I mean? So when they actually started coming out, thanks, Ben, for sending it off, by the way. <laughs> and uh, and uh, once they started doing the coffee variants, do you know what I mean? It just kind of just took off. And uh, yeah, Bill, I'm distracted by Billy doing yeah, sign language. Billy's dancing there. in the corner. <sighs> Whenever I move the mic, I don't, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know if it makes a huge screeching sound. So that's why I'm like, is that making noise? But is this is this beer barrel aged? Yeah, this is this is bourbon okay. barrel aged. Okay, so I missed that getting, because yeah. I, I taste. I'm like, I didn't well, say it's coffee, and then well, it's yeah. your last show, so we'll let you slide. <laughs> yeah. But but it, it was it was fun. I taste. I'm like, well, it's coffee, and it's supposed to be a barley wine. Why am I getting so much like whiskey and oh, yeah. And, yeah. And, and 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 coconut and vanilla? Yeah, it it just adds this like completely. You almost get like kind of like Irish coffee kind of thing going yeah. on with everything with that. Yeah, it's it's like that. Um, when it, I mean, you're you're a coffee nerd. 
but you won't get this because you don't put milk in your coffee, probably. No, I'm a, I'm a uh, purist. Yes, you're a purist. <laughs> but um, like for someone like me, like when I get that perfect ratio of like a little bit of cream to a really dark coffee, it kind of gives it that kind of like super silky, like almost yeah. like chocolatey vibe going on. That's very, it's I'm very velvety. This. Velvet. Yeah. This is beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> what is this velvet? <laughs> no, it just has that real smooth quality to it, which is, you know, w- with barley wines, it is like a very in- interesting style. And it's great that they went the route of doing an English base. It was very, you could tell that was intentional instead of doing the American with a little bit of hop, like you, you, taking that away and going with this malt, smooth, complex base to it, barrel aging that and having coffee added in, you're getting this wide gambit of flavors that are just going to continue to open up as this warms. That's super approachable at the same yeah. time. Like yeah. it's super drinkable. Like it's just like rich, decadent chocolate and vanilla coffee. You have to have that coconut, baby. And then, and then, but at the same time, there's little to no heat. It's really rounded. And there's actually like um, the coolest thing I like about it. Well, all about it is uh, there's like a drying kind of oak tannin thing that kind of makes mm. you want to go back for more sips. So it's kind of like where you get that kind of drying, palate smacking from a hop, a big hop, West Coast hop beer. You're getting that kind of from the oakiness from this beer. So it just it's it does not suck. One thing I, that I really like about all all of these beers is it really shows off their skill. You know, you could have a, a brewery that does a lot of hoppy beers, and then they try to do something else. That beer becomes unnecessarily hoppy as well, mm-hmm. just kind of almost in the crossfire. Because they get they get kind of they feel like they're getting out of their comfort zone. They go back kind of yeah back. yeah yeah. So you we have a, a malty beer, we had a sour beer, and then we had a bunch of of hoppier beers, mm-hmm. and all of them. Like there's something for everybody here. You know, I yeah. could I brought my girlfriend up uh probably the second time that I went up and we tried the uh she tried the beanhead uh porter. Loved it. She's not a big poppy beer fan, but if there's something malty oh, yeah. or like a coffee base that's perfect. Yeah, they're, they're very much into getting into doing a lot of different things. They, they're they not going to just do, you know, even getting known for War Elephant as quick as they did, they didn't just go, all right, we're just going to keep brewing that and yeah. just kind of bury ourselves into that. Like, they, they just kind of stuck to their guns. And they said, like, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, you know, can-wise they're starting to get into a more, but it was kind of a semi-seasonal type beer. Yeah, we got to, uh, man, we got to get them down here somewhere. We got to get them in the backyard. That's what we got to do. What's we gotta get them down. Well, here let's somehow. let's get them down. I mean, uh, you know, we gotta make sure they they get distributed in the state of yeah, the the wink, wink, well, we'll right? yeah. <laughs> What's going on down there actually lately? You guys have anything going on? Nah, there? just you know, just cruising. Good summer beers, season, good, fun. Good, good good beers, good fun. You know, tents off. Uh, the beer's cold. Oh, the I'm food's so great. I'm yeah, so happy to tents off, man. <laughs> Popping the top, baby. That's Pop what we're doing down backyard, LS. <laughs> <laughs> No, it was another great interview with a great brewery. Um, you know, we've we've waxed philosophical about Rushing Duck for so long now, talking about the great things that they've been doing. I mean, I, I was introduced to them last year when I did the BCTC, so it was fun calling in and, and after having some of their beers and not yeah. getting this lined up. There you go. And there's the, the hook. hook. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Final hook for Derek. Yeah, I will, I will not be here next week, but uh, Matt will be here. Next week, we'll probably we'll have some beer talk. Probably won't have a brewery on. We'll see. Uh, check the social media to see what's going on, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.